Are you a passionate person? Are you a hungry person? I want you to know I am committed to a principle in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what's right. Man, this is going to be a great study. Get your Bible open to Matthew chapter 5. Get ready for a great journey as we talk about hunger and thirst. Let me tell you something. If you don't want it, you can't have it. But if you really want it, you have to go get it and you can make it happen. I'll show you what Jesus said. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. Stay with me. It's a great study. Stay right there. Hey, it's Pastor Rick. Glad you're back with me. Listen, I want to take you on a journey today, and I want to deal with one of my favorite words. It's the word hungry. That's right, hungry. And I'm not talking about food, even though I do like food. But I want to talk about hungry for life. There's something about um, having a passion for life that is infectious. There's a guy I, I like. I think Tony's a little bit special in some of his thoughts, Tony Campolo. But he made a statement one time in describing his life. He was talking about how do you know you're alive? He calls it aliveness, right? And he says that he asked his students, he's a professor, a sociology professor. It was at Eaton, East, East, Eastern College, I believe. And he said, um, he asked them, are they alive? How long have they been alive? That was the question. And they answered the question. They said, well, I've been alive, you know, they were young, 19, 21 years or wherever. And, and he, he said, okay, I don't mean that kind of a lie. He went on to describe, and I'm paraphrasing it, he went on to describe that when he was young, he went to the Empire State Building in New York. And New York is a tremendous place to visit. I love going there, I really do. And he said he went up to the Empire State Building and he looked out over the city of New York and he said in that moment, he had a moment of aliveness, aliveness. And I remember that phrase. And then he asked the students again, he said, okay, now how long have you been alive? And they said 10 minutes, 15 minutes. His point was, some people never really experience aliveness. Where they get up in the morning and they're excited about their life and they're hungry and passionate and driven. And those kind of people are missing something. God designed us, I believe, to be alive. To be vibrant people with a passion for life. Now, the problem is I can't be you, you can't be me. And so what we tend to do is pretend, right? We try to pretend aliveness. We try to fake it. You know, I'm going to pretend I'm like you. I don't know if you ever did this. You jump on the bed like Superman, pretend you can fly, but you always land on the bed and it's really silly. But you thought you were really for a second there, Superman, you know, in the air for a second. But in reality, that's not you. You have to learn to be you and be alive. And the verse I want to read in Matthew chapter 5 is an alive verse. It is just so powerful. And it makes a statement that's profound. Jesus said this. This is Matthew chapter 5. And he talks about aliveness. And he talks about hunger and he talks about passion. And it's, it basically just says, blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. And I'll come back to that verse in a minute and talk about it. But that's the crux of what I want to talk about here today, because I want to show you some things. But I want to start and go back a little bit and give you a summary of what I call the series, the series summary. This series is called The Truth About Being Hungry. That's the day sermon, The Truth About Being Hungry. And the, the goal of the story of the text in, is to talk about where you are in your passion in life. The first sermon we dealt with was, what do you really want? I talked about that in the book of um, Matthew chapter 5. And I went to the Beatitudes and I said, these are the things that the Beatitudes says. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the meek and so on. 
But I wanted in the first sermon to talk about what you want, because that's where it all starts. If you don't want this, it can't happen. Today, I want to talk about, are you hungry? I want to zoom in a little bit and focus on that one word. Are you a driven person, hungry person, passionate person? Next week, we're going to talk about, are you doing what is right? Because one thing, you can be, you can be hungry, right? But if you're not hungry to do right, because he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They are the ones that shall be filled. And then following week, we're going to talk about being satisfied. The goal is to fill you. God's goal is to fill your life up so that you feel like a person who is really happy. And then I want to talk to young people uh, the following week and talk about how a young person can balance hunger, humility, and passion. Because some people think you can't be hungry and passionate and not be over the top. I believe you can be. I believe you can be a person who is hungry, passionate, but not over the top. And helping our young people understand how that all works is important. So I'll talk about that in our last sermon. But Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 is where I want to start. And I want you to look at the verse and put it on the screen for you. This is our theme verse for the entire series. Blessed, are the word means happy. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now this is important because Jesus is encouraging us to be blessed. Blessed are these people. He's describing what happy people look like. Blessed are those people who who are hungry and thirsty for the right things. And he promises those people that this would make life fulfilling for them. If you go after what's right, your life's going to be a lot better. Now, I think a lot of people have lost hunger. A lot of people have lost their passion. And I want to describe what impacted my hunger. I want to show you what brought hunger into my life. What made me have the right kind of drive in life? Number one, exposure. If you don't have exposure, it's over. You, 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 you have no way to even dream it because you can't see it. I saw my potential when I was around certain things, certain people, certain environments. So the first thing you need in order to have the right kind of hunger is you got to have exposure. Second thing you got to have is, watch this now, failure. Failure affected my hunger. I felt the sting of failure, and in failing, I, I, I had a hunger to never do that again. So exposure, personal, personal exposure helped me. Personal failure helped me to grow in my hunger. Thirdly, personal growth. As I failed, as I lived, I changed and I grew. But I had to go through a certain pathway. I grew, I learned not to do it that way, not to spin that way, not to make those kind of decisions. Fourthly, personal success inspired me. That created hunger in me. Let me tell you, it's nothing like winning. There's nothing like, I, I love this. Whenever you, <laughs> I, used to, I, I now have a lawn guy who cuts my grass, but I used to, in my first home, I, I, I went out and I cut my grass every, well, I really didn't know how often to cut it because we grew up in apartments. And so when I'd hear the lawnmowers go off in the neighborhood, I'd say, oh, I got to go cut the grass. So i get up and go outside. And I, and I remember when I finished and I got the hedges done and got my little electric hedger and I felt like I was the man, boy. And let me tell you, when I looked at it, I thought, yeah, yeah, success made me feel great. And I wanted my grass to be cut. And I wanted, and I still, I'm still like that today. But that came from success. 
getting that first A. Let me tell you, nothing like it, man. What? 4.0? That's my land. Nothing like it. And now, in, in high school, no. But college, first four years, uh, not too impressive. Um, like uh, one of my um, close, close, somebody close to me said, when they graduated, they said, um, they didn't say cum laude, they said thank you laude. And in my first, first uh, undergraduate, I was thank you laude, glad to be graduated. But then when I got to my master's and above, 4.0, solid. Hunger, I mean, I'm telling you, I remember the first day of my master's program, I had a master's in strategic leadership. And I remember I, I, I wanted to be in class before everybody and I wanted to sit on the right side in the right arm of God. I wanted to sit on the side of honor and I wanted to be first to arrive and I was. I was, I was driven. Every paper, every assignment, everything had to be A1 perfect. I mean, I mean, when I, I, mean, I think my, my, I'm sorry for, for saying this, but it's fun. I think my grade point average was 4.8888, something like that. Did I say four? No such thing. 3.888, 4.0 in, in essence. But I, I just loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And, and it was because I liked the way it made me feel. It made me feel good about me. It made me feel not so much smart, just good. And, and that's what motivates hunger, because you want more of that. And that can be a positive thing. I remember that there were times in my life when I'd see people and I'd admire them, and I'd say, I want to be like that. That's exposure. I want, I want to be that organized. I want my car clean like that. I want to make sure that I have resources. So let me listen to you, for you again. Exposure, failure, growth, success. Here's another one. Personal promises inspired me to hunger. Mark 11, chapter 22, verse 25 is a Bible verse that has always inspired me because it's what Jesus said out of his own mouth to people who honor him and who trust him. Here's what he said. This is Mark chapter 11, verse 22. He said, first of all, you can speak to the mountains in your life and they'll move. Nothing can get in your way to block you that cannot be moved. Mark chapter, I love that. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you that if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that, they, that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. I just believe that. I believe that that verse alone inspires me. It, it lifts up me in my soul. It lifts me up in my soul. It gives me this hunger for be, having a mountain-moving faith, not doubting no matter what comes, no matter what happens. I believe any mountain in my way, anything in my way that tries to stop me, I have faith in God, and he'll move it. I'm telling you, that is a conviction I have that, that has motivated a hunger for victory in my life. Second thing of that, second part of that verse says this, if I pray, he said, you can expect God to respond to your prayer. So there's two things. Number one, you can speak to mountains in your life and it will go. That's a promise God made. Number two, you can expect God to respond to your prayers. Now look at verse 24, Mark 11 again. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, Believe that you have received it and it will be done. It will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. Now, one of the things that's really fascinating about this is when you hear these kind of verses, you can take them to the left and go way off the cliff. 
And you can assume that this is a license to get anything you want without you investing anything. All you have to do is pray. All you have to do is come to God and ask God. That's not what this is about. This verse inspires hunger in me because it validates the power of my prayers, okay? And it promises me that God's willing to help me defeat anything that would block me, any mountain. But this is not, this is important, this is not a call for me to somehow be lazy. This is not one of those times that every prayer I pray will be answered uh, and responded to uh, the way I expect. So I prayed for things and they didn't move right away. Matter of fact, it didn't move for several years. There were certain challenges that I had to work through. Every mountain in my life is there for a reason. Some mountains, just so for context here, um, you know, I, I created. There are certain debts I created. There were certain disciplines I didn't implement in my life, so I didn't have a certain level of health. There were certain um, relationships I didn't develop, so I didn't have opportunities because I didn't create them. So understand, this is not some license to put it all on God. A lot of us forget it's about you. Blessed are they who hunger. Hear that verse again, Matthew 5, right? Verse 6. Blessed are they that hunger. Blessed are they that hunger. Blessed are they that hunger. Question is, do you? That's the question for today. So you want to make it God's responsibility to make your marriage great, make it God's responsibility to fix your health. You want to make it God's responsibility to grow your church. You want to make Everything is God's responsibility. And you don't have to hunger for anything. And I love the way he says it. And we'll talk more about this next week. Hunger for the right things. That's why 1 John chapter 5 is such a great verse to bring in here. Verse 14 is what he says. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Now, I want to pause there and say this to you. You ever have your kids ask you, can I just not go to school this week? Now, that's the question that my kids knew the answer to was no. You can't skip school for a week. I'm sorry. Now, why? Because it's not in their best interest. I need you to graduate so you can move out here and have your life, and I can have mine. So the answer was no, you need to go to school. There's something about understanding how God operates. My, if I don't hunger for what's right in my life, if I'm not eager to do what's right, then, then I won't have the things that I want to have. It's about me asking with the right attitude and the right spirit. Sometimes. I, I think we miss the power of this kind of message. Blessed are they who hunger for the right thing, for God's will. If you ask according to his will, he said, yeah, I can do that. I can, I can do that, but I'm not, doing, I'm not going to give you a pass to do something wrong. And I watch people who are praying for God to bless them, asking God to bless them, and they know they're operating outside of God's will. They know they are. You're in a relationship, and you know this relationship is outside of the will of God. You know it is, the way you're operating. I'll leave it there. And with that comes complications and challenges that, that are clearly not going to be a blessing to you. So let me give you this. I'm going to put on the screen my answer to the question, okay? And this is the answer to the question. Does this mean that every moment in your life, will, dis will, will every mountain in your life, whether will disappear? 
You, just because you pray the prayer and ask God to bless you, you're hungry for great life, you, you got great confessions in your life, you believe in you're going to have a great business, you're going to have a great life, you're going to have a great husband, great man, you got all these things you're saying, you know the church's going to grow, all that's great. But here, here's the answer. Does this mean that you can quote these verses, Mark 11, 22, 24, and say all these things? Does it mean you can say that without any qualifications? Here's my answer. You ready? The, these verses are designed to give you confidence in your ability to fight. They make clear to you God's standards for his participation. If you ask for something contrary to his character and values, he will not participate. He said, I'm not participating in that. You do what you do. I'm not, I'm not going to help you because you're outside of my will. You're outside of my word. You're doing it your way. Hey, go for it. I'm not participating. I'm not moving in the mountains. I'm not helping you. I'm not going to bless you finally. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. There's something about what, <laughs> there's something about us having a desire, a hunger for right and believing that God wants to participate. He does, but not if we're not really serious. Words of David really ring a bell for me. And I believe David's words describe how your interaction with God can, can make a difference in your life. And I love the way he says it. And it's, it's in Psalms 63, verse 8. He said, my soul followeth hard after thee. I love that. Thy right hand upholds me. But he says, my soul hungers, follows hard after thee. I love this song. I almost want to sing it for you. It's a great song. And I think there's something about saying, my soul followeth hard after thee. Early in the morning I will rise up and seek thee, for I know thou hast been my help, and in the shadow of thy wings I will rejoice. There's something about being able to say, I know that God in his grace is going to be with me, but the key is the level of my hunger. So here's a question. So what is the level of your hunger? What is the level of your hunger? How much do you really want? Now, I must admit, in my life, there are times I thought I wanted something, and I'm wrong. I, I was wrong. I, I didn't really want that. I pretended. I, I think churches, uh, by and large, are pretending. They want people. You, you don't want people. You want to count folks and collect offerings and build buildings. Buildings, budgets, and bodies are your three things. You want buildings, you want budgets, and you want bodies. That's it. You don't really care about the up-close connection. Don't care about children because there's no plan for children. There's not, no plan. There's no plan at all. We This whole uh, series of seasons we've gone through recently that were painful, one of the painful things is to see how many people had no plans for children. My challenge is to be hungry for what's right. What's right. Not hungry for fame, not hungry for fortune, but hungry for what's right. And that's what David said. My heart followeth heart after thee. Now, when you study David's life, you saw he got off. David was not a testimony of a guy who did everything right. David was not a guy who didn't make mistakes. But here's the key. He never, when he was confronted with the truth, he changed. And what's really powerful about David's life, you don't see David making the same mistake over and over again. Once he had that mistake with, with Bathsheba, that, you never see him doing that again. Now, he made some big ones. He made some big ones as a father. He made some big ones, big mistakes, big, big, big train wrecks but his heart kept pursuing God. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm not saying you have to do everything right. I'm not saying that you don't have, you, you may not, you, 
Let me say it again. I'm not saying you may not have a, a baggage, a bag full of bad baggage, okay? But God is able, if you're willing to bring your heart to him and say, I want to do what's right. Whatever I did before, I did before, but now I'm, I'm hungering for what's right. Blessed, happy are those who are like that. And so you need to decide what you want, and nobody can decide it for you. This has been a moment, I hope, that made you think about your life, because I know I'm checking myself. Uh, I, you know, I think sometimes church, especially in the building, gave us a sense of, I've proven that I'm hungry for God because I got up and I went to a building and I worshiped God. And I, I think it's wonderful, by the way. And I hope you come worship with us in person. We'd love to have you. But I want you to hear this. We have deceived ourselves into thinking that's proof that we love God and we're hungry for God. That's not proof. No more than, uh, boy, this can be taken wrong, but don't. You can go to the movies sit in a theater and watch a movie and really enjoy it, like I have done and do sometimes. But that doesn't move, mean I'm an actor. That doesn't mean that I'm somehow spiritual because I came in here and I did this. What's really powerful is when you get me behind the scenes, if you could see me at my house, if you could see me when you're not watching, is there a, an obvious hunger for God? Would my kids say, that's a man that we know hungers for God. Would your workers, people who work with you say it? Would your friends say it? Would, would, if God were to look at your life calendar and say, let me see how you spend your time. How much time do you spend with God in prayer? How much time are you committed to doing the things that he cares about? Helping the poor, helping the homeless, the hurting. I mean, what do you give, what do you give of yourself to others? I love to ask people this question. You say you're hungry for God, right? That, so that means you have the heart of God. We'll talk about this next week. You, you have the heart of God. The things that hurt God hurt you, right? Blessed are those who mourn, the Bible says, in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. You know what that's about? People who feel what God feels. They hurt where God hurts. Those are people who are hungry for God. Is that you? Well, if so, here's a question I ask people. What's the most you ever gave to anybody outside of your family at one time? What, what have you, who have you given anything to? What, what are you sponsoring? What, you work every day, but where are your investments going? There's something about understanding the power of the moment that you realize maybe you're not as hungry for God. And maybe you haven't been exposed to it. You might have been exposed to religious people. You might have been exposed to some really nice people. But they did not spark in you a hunger for God. My prayer is you'll leave this conversation saying, I need to check my hunger. Maybe my hunger meter is not as strong. I like television and media and fun and basketball and sports more than I like God, because you can tell, because that's what I talk about. I, my, and I'm not just talking about preaching to people either. I'm talking about just living a passionate life that when people who are near you, people who engage you would say, I know where their priorities are. I can tell what they love. I pray that's true for you. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message today. You said, blessed are those who hunger. What are we hungry for? I pray we're hungry for your will, I pray that we're hungry to believe you. And I pray that they, if they don't know you as Savior, would say today, I need to open my heart to the living God and a life change forever. And may they not just find confidence in gathering with other believers. That's a great thing to do. But may they learn the power of gathering in your presence with just you and hungering like David said, my soul followeth 
hard after thee. Early in the morning while I rise up, they seek thee. Lord, let that be their passionate plea, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you heard this message today and it touched you and it made you say, hey, you know, I need to make a decision about my life with God, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer with me. I want to pray one more prayer. Father, let those who don't know you as Savior say today is the day. Let this be a moment that they pray and open their hearts to a life-changing experience. May their families find healing and blessing, we pray, and a hunger for God, a true hunger, not for religion, but for relationship with the living God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching for wherever you are on demand, live, in person. We thank you for however you come, hang with us. I want to encourage you to join me next week as we do this next part when we talk about hungering for what's right and how powerful it is to, to identify what is the right path for your life. Now, my name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you next time. You stay focused, stay blessed, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Well, I pray you're blessed by today's message. You know, I love the part of the sermon where I talk about exposure and how exposure changes everything. What you're exposed to motivates you to make a decision. Sometimes being around the right people, being in the right atmosphere can change everything. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message today. May they begin to hunger and thirst for what is right. And may the Holy Spirit begin to bless them and guide them to places of great prosperity and blessing, not just financially, but emotionally and spiritually. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, you go and have a great day. I'll see you next time. We got more to say next time. See you then. Bye bye.